Hi there, and welcome to episode 31 of the Lorefield Podcast, the podcast for Starfield Lore and News. With Starfield now having gone gold, review codes have been distributed to journalists, streamers, and other creators. They're under embargo until midday on August 31st, but some of their impressions are still weaseling their way into the public conversation. We'll review and react to the spoiler-free comments that are out there, and also get to know our first-time guest. Joining us today is Jason, who was randomly selected about a month ago as the winner of our Starfield giveaway. So future owner of Starfield, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Good to have you here. We've got some questions lined up for you, including your experience with Bethesda Game Studios and why you're excited for Starfield. And I think you're going to have a great perspective on this, not previously seen on the show. I'm also joined by... I apologize for the Discord notifications. I'm getting... I'm getting DMs from what looks like a brand new account. Oh, it's Todd Howard. Oh, wow, Todd! Hey! (laughs) DMing me on Discord. He said, You share a voice call with the one I think of. I will always be there for him through all 1,000 planets. Remind him that through all trials and tribulations, he will forever be a YouTuber. Wow! Listen, Todd, I'm gonna be hanging out next week. I'll be hanging out on Jemison. If you wanna, if you wanna sync up a bit, I'll be there. Uh, listen, registered UN citizen, soon to be at least. So you know, proud supporter of all that of of, of that of the Vanguard. All right? Come on, we can hang out. Let's go. I'll meet you. Wonderful, wonderful. Wow, he always times it so well. I it's can't incredible. And I mean, it's amazing he got last time with the live stream. He was he was on time with a messenger pigeon too. Like that was impressive. That was the of most him. impressive. One, I gotta <laughs> say, this was instant messaging. Yeah, it was okay. That's so yeah, much. that doesn't top the messenger pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Mitch, exploring the Starfield with you today. Lexi is on holiday this week. She's taking advantage of these final weeks of opportunity to go outside. We won't be doing that much after a couple weeks from now. So she's doing that while she can. Uh, but she'll be back with us soon. Hope you're having a great time, Lex. Uh, we're going to lead off today by talking about the Starfield review codes. And now there was a selection process, a, um, a an application and selection process done on the part of Bethesda. So not everybody who wanted one got one. Some people got snubbed. <laughs> DeMarco. Uh, Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a, a bunch of people, journalists, streamers, the like, uh, have, have their hands on the game and they're under embargo until the end of the month. But um, some people are kind of breaking the embargo. One of them is Tyler McVicker. Now, Tyler McVicker is somebody who's uh, been in like the gaming uh, influencing slash journalism scene for a very long time. He was co- covering Valve for a very long time and now he's kind of expanded out. Uh, but on his Discord server, he said a few things about the game. He said, it starts slow and it tries not to overwhelm you with the sheer number of systems and choices, uh, but it gets a bit overwhelming. He said there are about six hours of tutorials. Um, so it's, it might get a little slow, but the, the really good advice he had for new players was to set aside plenty of time for that first session so that you're not kind of overwhelming yourself straight out of the gate. Um, wow. I know that's yeah was is he is he does he have experience with bethesda games is that coming from someone who's never picked up a bethesda game and is like i don't know how to like because for (laughs) you know that moment when you get and you know it too bismarck where you get to uh the opening of the game and it says all right go do whatever and 
you play a Bethesda game for the first time, you go, what, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like, is that part of it? That's, that would be my question. So I, I think with Tyler McVicker, he does have experience with Bethesda games. Okay. And he's actually somebody I had a, like an hour long conversation with a couple of years mm. ago. And I know that uh, there were actually gameplay clips he had been shown that to this day haven't gone out. Uh, just from like what he described so i know that he has he has like information that's not in the public domain about bethesda games and from what i was talking he was actually playing fallout 76 while i talked to him so i do know he has plenty of experience with gotcha. Bethesda game studios so i think it might just be that the learning curve even compared to their previous games is just that steep mm. i wonder what that would be for because obviously the gunplay everyone's saying looks very similar right and the the shipbuilding is entirely new and the settlement building is new but i look to me familiar enough so i wonder actually what aspects would be going into that if i had to guess it would be things like the persuasion minigame which is pretty novel yeah to, okay to okay yeah, yeah um and also the leveling system which seems to be like a hybrid between elder scrolls and fallout mm-hmm that's the way I've been thinking of it, at least. But but even that, and and I don't know, maybe um, either of you could kind of say, jump in, but even with the persuasion system in particular, that's something when they showed it off, you remember that little tiny clip at the first one they showed and we kind of got to see exactly what it looked like for the first time? Even that, I was able to, to watch it a couple times and go, okay, I understand how this works. I understand completely. Um, did either of you have a similar feeling? Well, I, Jason, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said you haven't really been watching Starfield I, stuff, right? I I heard Space Bethesda, and I was already <laughs> interested. And I'm I'm not huge on spoilers, so I I have tried to keep like pretty. I I'll keep, you know, seeing clips. I've listened to the podcast a few times, um, so I'm I kind of have some knowledge in it. But as far as I'm as far as I know, yeah, it would probably work a lot like somewhere in between Skyrim or Fallout or or hybrid of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I, I gotta say, I kind of envy being in your position because, like, we've been living this game for, like, three years and to just come in and, like, just know Space Bethesda and, yeah. like, oh my gosh. You see that, one trailer well, and go, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. Yeah, and it's, like, the trailer where it's just, like, the name opens you know? no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. no i've so i've seen i've seen like the uh the jump pack where he you know he, he uses the jump pack and then shoots at the the other guys i've seen that i've you know i've seen bits and pieces the it was some clip about like the the ship building mm-hmm. and it looked like a giant like megazord taking off mm-hmm. and i was like all right that's pretty cool you know uh so, so i've you seen watch the Some, whole direct through mm-mm, i don't know too many too much of like any of the mechanics or anything but i i just assumed it was bethesda which wow. i know um you know all the fallouts i know um you know elder scrolls and so i was just i just assumed i'm familiar enough with it and it, it's in space now and you can build a ship and I'm like, <laughs> that's pretty cool i'm in 
I'm honestly so jealous because that's going to make things like the the step out moment in a Bethesda game when they first like reveal the, the world game. to you going to yeah. be so much game. more it's going <laughs> like, to be so much more special for you than like people like us who have watched the Starfield Direct dozens of times over oh. and over again like you know what I mean we haven't yeah. like we've analyzed it so much that I think there's going to be a bit less magic when we experience that for the first time yeah yeah for I I agree and and like in Fallout 4 out uh you know where you're going through the test like in your house by the the salesman at the door I was like man this is so boring and then and then obviously <laughs> the next part happens when you're like run into the vault and i was like oh this is so like totally worth it you know? <laughs> yeah. so were you this were you the same obviously we'll be talking about your experience with bethesda games later yeah. but um were you the same with fallout 4 or skyrim where you had not tuned into really any of it but you said hey listen i like other bethesda games so this one cool so my uh i mean we'll get into it later right mm-hmm. yeah so um yeah for the most part i i had played fallout one and two for like pc like in the 90s Mm -hmm. you know so i was familiar with those and then i had played i forget if it was morrowind or oblivion um but i didn't even know that was bethesda yet you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so when fallout 3 dropped i was so interested because i i just knew i loved those games and then it was more like an action RPG instead of a turn-based. Right. Like, All right, that's pretty cool. And the they the VAT system they had was still really cool in those in Fallout Three. So, uh, yeah, I just saw like Fallout Three with the helmet, and I was in. You know. Nice. Yeah. So there's a bit of a tease for for the upcoming segment uh, into sort of your perspective on Bethesda. <laughs> so there you go. That's yeah. that's what I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> definitely i mean uh, if, if there's anything you want to go over i don't i don't mind like anything yeah yeah of course of course okay yeah, awesome yeah. awesome i don't um, i don't want to hinder anyone else because i've i've gone no no worries yeah none at all cool cool uh, we've got some other comments here from tyler mcvicker um and we're we're staying spoiler free so this will be a spoiler free show until some date after launch and we will make it very very clear when we talk about spoilers so everything that we're going to cover here today is completely spoiler free for starfield although i will say there are spoilers out there so be very vigilant when you're crawling the web looking Mm -hmm. at starfield threads because Mm -hmm. uh some including the comments on this show you know we'll remove spoilers if we see them just bad actors coming in trying to ruin it for people um but we can't be be on top of it right away so just want to say to our audience be be careful out there if you're trying to keep the game from getting spoiled for you. Bolder than I am, I have made a pledge to just try to stay out of my comment sections as much as my brain can handle. Because I, I have a bad addiction right now to, to, to social media. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? But yeah, that's tough. But um, Tyler McVicker, after talking about that kind of slow intro, which is not a critique... Um, but he did talk about that kind of being slower paced. Uh, it gets very good. And um, he said the main story had great things to say about that. He also said, I think this is extremely interesting. He said, it's mind blowing how good this game looks for it being creation engine. Which, I mean, we kind of saw that in the direct, but just to hear somebody who's playing the game say out loud and somebody who's been critical of Bethesda as well, mm-hmm. um, I-, I thought that was pretty remarkable. He said, this game is something I'll tell you. 
<laughs> he said to one of his community members. And he also said he's 15 hours in and has not experienced a single bug so far. Which doesn't even sound like Bethesda, <laughs> to be it's honest. By, this is this is the... Listen, if this is the Microsoft, this is what everyone wanted, right? They said Microsoft's coming in. They're buying it. Give us that polished experience. And if that's actually where some of the benefit came in, then... Thank you, Microsoft. Like, round of applause for your teams yeah. for helping out there. Absolutely. So Tyler McFigger had, had that to say. There was also some comments, well, not really some comments, some implications from Paris, who's a big Xbox influencer on the, he's on Kind of Funny a lot. He's a great podcaster. I love Paris. Um, he tweeted, uh, he has only tweeted once since announcing his receipt of a Starfield code, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> um, I think that and, might be more than Maddie, though. I don't know that for certain, but I think that might be one more time than Maddie's tweeted since he got oh, the really? code. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't oh, don't hilarious. quote me on that. I I haven't fact checked it, but I don't okay. remember seeing any tweets from from Maddie lately. Everyone with a code just drops off the face of the earth. I, more it's or less, so that's what it seems like yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Well, they got a thousand other planets now, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they're basically doing what we're all going to be doing just two weeks early. Oh, so for sure. <laughs> it's like a, a preview of our lives. Uh, but that one tweet Paris made was a gif of somebody waking up, and it looked as though they'd had a very long and late night. <laughs> like a like a like a late late night, or like a like a late night. There, there, it, was, it was like a girl waking up, and her hair was all messy, and she's like, "Where the heck uh, am late. I?" That sort of thing. <laughs> late night. All right, I get yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, with Starfield. So, yeah, I think that was Paris alluding that uh, he couldn't put Starfield down the night before. I which wonder is not what planet thing. got him in that mood. <laughs> Jemison, maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then there's also a streamer named Kid Smooth who just tweeted. He, he also has a code, and he tweeted just, "I sincerely apologize for my 30 FPS slander." I thought this was a good one. Because uh, that's been one of the points of contention about Starfield is that there's no performance mode. Here's Kid Smooth saying, I I kind of gave Starfield heck for being 30 FPS, and I don't see it as a problem, effectively, is, is how I'm reading that tweet. Mm -hmm. have, you ever, have you ever thought that was kind of something when... You might not even have heard about that, actually, come to think of it, Bismarck. But have you, <laughs> have you, have you ever looked at that and went, mm, ah, damn. I, I feel, I'm going to guess no. Uh, actually, actually, yeah. Oh, about like the performance and stuff. So I did see that, and I did, but uh, I guess I kind of trusted that they did it for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. So at, initially, I was like, oh, but then I was like, well, I'm still gonna play it. They had to have done <laughs> it for a reason, you know. Well, you so. know, it, it sounds kind of crappy, but it's all right. I'll do it anyway. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh, oh man, Todd, Todd just, Todd, no, actually, I'm not going to go, I was going to say, like, Todd just robbed my house, I'll, play, I'll still play Starfield, it's fine. <laughs> Basically, right? <laughs> oh, man, I love that take. <laughs> I, I love that take, because I was kind of in the same boat, like, oh, man, I, I wish there would be a performance mode there, um, but I, I love that idea of just, they're the professionals, they know what they're doing, right. they know what will complete yeah. their vision. Uh, yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. No, that's cool. It's it's a lot. Only positive things so far. 
the only positive thing so far. What do you mean by that? No, there, you've only said positive things so oh, far. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I misheard, I misheard oh, yeah, the, yeah. the tense. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, there are only positive. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the overarching theme here, isn't it? Is that very good reactions from people. Um, kind of saying something without saying anything and breaking that embargo. It's all been like, whoa, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, yeah. I, I try not to judge it until... I experience it, right? Because, I mean, the trailers don't always do it justice, but then also they they show all the best parts sometimes, you know? So it's just like, I'll wait to see, experience it for myself. And so, like, all the review bombs, I'll, I'll never look at those, you know? Because uh, that's another thing, like, with not wanting spoilers, I also don't want to really get too much into anyone's opinion because that'll that'll ruin your experience too because then you're you're in that mindset mm -hmm. and then you experience and maybe that's all you can see but so you don't get the your real experience because you you're going through someone else's eye you know yeah completely sure. it's you're you're if someone points out a flaw then you would notice it almost right away someone says oh i found like this yeah. issue with this particular I, let's argument's sake like this rifle sound was terrible and now you find that rifle and you're using it and it looks really cool and then you're using it and you go oh, actually actually it does sound yeah funny. It sounds like doo-doo <laughs> but you would have never thought that if you didn't hear it from someone else yeah maybe not maybe you just would have been excited you had that rifle you exactly know? sure it's got a sound to it but don't they all i don't know yeah yeah i've got a story that's kind of adjacent to this when Star Wars The Force Awakens came out, I, I was so excited for that movie because I was a huge Star Wars kid. And um, I was seeing that movie uh, kind of the night. It was like a mid midnight showing the night before. Or it was like 7 p.m. the night before. It was like I was see one of the first people in the public to see it uh, just because of the, the showing I was at. And I was reading reviews from critics before I saw it. And one of those reviews said Luke dies at the end. And it was just a troll job. Of course, yeah. almost a decade after that movie, we now know Luke doesn't die in that movie. But the whole time, I was bracing myself for the scene when Luke dies. <laughs> and I don't think you even see Luke until the very end, and he doesn't die. But it kind of altered my experience of seeing that movie for, for the first time, coming in with this expectation that I was going to see a, an important character die when, when really a, a different important character died. And um, yeah, it was... yeah. That, that, I think that's sort of what might be happening here with Starfield. Um, if if you kind of look too much into people's reactions before you play the game, uh, you might get those preconceived notions, and it'll just twist that experience a little bit. And that's not good. Yeah, I've always found the healthiest mindset for me has always been, uh, you know, you you watch a review and you just kind of take the sentiment away more than more than the specifics of of what is being said. So yeah, okay, you. You thought X, Y, and Z, great, cool, whatever. But I see that you're saying 90% of this review with this big old smile on your face, and I see 10% with a big old sourpuss on your face. So I know generally how the game is. And like based on the clips that they play and, and, and there's just a general tone and the diction and, and all that stuff. Um, that's usually my personal takeaway from reviews. But I will say... Not, I... I, I there's reports out there from, and I think folks such as uh, Char Charlene Hazard, uh, she works at Santa Monica, um, California, Alana Pierce. 
Alana Pierce have, has even said who worked at who worked at some of these or had connections at the very least some of these companies um, that reviews don't actually influence a lot of people's purchasing decisions too. They don't have as much of an impact as we think they do. On the creative process? On people purchasing, the purchasing decision. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, okay. And there all are a lot of reviews where you could just read them and you could tell like they already didn't like it for whatever reason or they, they're just so upset about like one thing that maybe doesn't even matter to you or mm. like I, it's like yeah i don't i don't know review some people with their reviews are just silly i think but yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely or you could tell it was their specific experience because of something they did or like they deleted the wrong item and now they're t <laughs> trying to take it out on the game and it's just like no that was just you. So there's no reason to give the game one star. You get it. <laughs> Sorry that you're an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a Nintendo game a couple of years ago that was getting kind of bad reviews. And I think it was Miyamoto that put out a quote that was like, um, sometimes reviews are not a reflection of the quality of the game, but a reflection of the the abilities of the reviewer or something like yeah, that yeah yeah I, I would totally back that <laughs> that was the I, it was, big dilemma I mean, with the souls games wasn't it that was always the thing like people were questioning reviews because the souls games are like you should not be playing it <laughs> and reviewing <laughs> it because you're not the audience for this game like you know that that's a whole different dilemma but yeah sure but yeah that, that's that's kind of funny um, so Bismarck, uh, we've got you on the show here. You, you are a, you're going to obtain a copy of Starfield on September 6th. And, um, I, I want to hear your Bethesda story is what we call it. We do this little segment for every single guest we have on the show. Um, and we just open the floor to our guests completely to talk about their first experience with a Bethesda game, um, all the way through through that story of how you discovered them, um, what, what you loved about them, uh, eventually leading to what made you excited for Starfield uh, and and the, that sort of thing, this this current era, so to speak, of your Bethesda story. Uh, some people have taken under two minutes to tell the story. Um, some people, Red Wolf, have taken half an hour. So, <laughs> so um, take as much time as you need. Um, looking forward to hearing this. And uh, yeah, can't wait to hear your okay. story. Well, my first Bethesda game, I I forget if it was Morrowind or Oblivion. I'm, there is a right answer but, uh, here. Uh, so I, <laughs> I forget which one it was. Probably Oblivion, but uh, I I didn't get too far into it. Um, there was like a shack with like a witch in front of it, and. I knew the witch was higher level than me. So, but I wanted in that shack. So I just like snuck into the shack. And then, uh, you know, I raided the shack, did whatever I was looking for. And then I, anytime I left the shack, she would just kill me. So that, that was my very first, but that I gave up after, you know, quite a few tries. Did you try turning then, down the difficulty? 
You know, I don't, I don't think I got into it. Like that. <laughs> DeMarco, I, we're, I think, we're so far removed from so this. Much, <laughs> yeah, I think there was just too much. Uh, I think it was already like, like I was level six and maybe, you know, whatever wizard or whatever was like level 20. So there was just no, no way I could get past without getting one shot. Mm-hmm. So I, I did kind of leave that. I don't think I even started another game. And then, uh, did Sky, did Skyrim or Fallout Three come out first? Fallout Three. Fallout Three. Okay, so, like I said, I had experience with Fallout One and Two, so I was really pumped for Fallout Three, and I absolutely loved it. And I don't think I left a stone unturned in that game. And then, so Skyrim came out, and I do like you know, old mid- medieval fantasy games and stuff, and dragons. So I was definitely interested. So again, another Bethesda game where I don't think I left a stone unturned. I, in that game, I really love finding the uh, the old like the demonic pieces of armor and the swords, like hunting down where those were and stuff. That was re- that was probably my favorite part of the game. And then, uh, um, so yeah, all the other Fallout's I've played, and. Uh, I tried Elder Scrolls Online for a little bit. Um, didn't get, didn't get crazy. I had like a, a small crew I was running with in it, so that helped a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, and then so all the Fallout's, Fallout Four, Fallout seventy six. That that's kind of along the lines of like the Elder Scrolls Online, where I didn't get too much into it. Right. Just it. I think, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is with those games, if it, if it's, like, too overwhelming or just, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, and then Face Bethesda had me sold, basically, you know. Nice. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Is there is there a particular, Mitch, I know that you have a slew of questions. I want to get one in. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there a particular quest or particular this might even be one of them um or a particular memory that kind of stands out to you from any of these games in particular Um I Fallout 4 like I said that running to the vault that scene mm-hmm. was re- that was a really cool scene but in any of the fallouts finally leaving the vault for the first time is always really cool and then um i i think the fallout games specifically i just love the environment uh you know the theme and everything to them that i just uh, oh uh so back to skyrim i i forgot about this part so i think i was definitely under leveled and i it was my first time seeing a giant and the quest I was on was, like, on the other side of the giant. So I, like, there was this big rock. So I climbed the rock, and I just started shooting arrows to hopefully... Because as soon as he saw me, he'd run toward me. Mm-hmm. So I finally got on top of this big rock, and I was trying to just shoot arrows at him. But they're, you couldn't even tell they were doing anything to him. So I was like, all right, I'll just, I just got to run for it. As soon as I, like, jumped down... Uh, I think I was running like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I was running like two-handed swords and bows or something. 
So I jump down. He's, he catches up with me, and I see his club race, so I just block. <laughs> and then uh, next thing I know, I'm, like, just ragdoll in the sky. And then when I finally hit the ground, I actually went under the ground. <laughs> but so it was just – I was just stuck. Uh but that one I did reload, and I obviously didn't go that way. And I found other things to do to get leveled up, and I didn't let that experience ruin it. But I, I actually thought that was absolutely hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Did yeah, you know yeah. that that was actually a bug? No. The giant. Yeah. So the giants launching you, and because they could do it to NPCs too, but them launching you like that is actually a bug. And if I remember correctly, they had taken it out. And then everybody wanted it back in, so they patched it back in so that they could... Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> and I'm waiting to see, like, um, somebody just make a meme. I've already seen the ones where they do that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun of the thing ragdolling after oh, yeah, you hit. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Shooting stars, I think it's called. But um, I'm waiting to see someone do a cool thing with them launching the Skyrim character into space and then seeing, like, the Dragonborn on a starship or, like, flying through space or something. Oh, that, Like, yeah. in Starfield, though. That would be yeah, wonderful. Like they, they, they land on the cockpit or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> like a fly on the windshield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd Wait be for that. And and it could take your save file to, to throw your character up there, right? <laughs> that, that would be some interesting tech. If you find out how to do that, yeah. please let me know. Well, I, I just know they've done stuff like that with mm. like old save files from the same game or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like mass effect or whatever there your your mass effect one storyline affected mass effect two or whatever it was mm -hmm. yeah probably smart of you not to go back that way again after getting launched oh yeah time. yeah for sure i i took some time to laugh that one off but yeah so i i thought it was interesting how you talked about um your experience with Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76 not being quite up to the same standard maybe that you were used to with the previous games. And I think that's an experience probably DeMarco and I shared, at least with Fallout 76. DeMarco, is that fair to say? It, it was definitely not the game for me. Um, it just, yeah. yeah, it just felt like there was uh, almost like it was the same game, but like without the soul, almost. Mm -hmm. like Almost like a shell of a game. I guess would be a, a way to say it like they it was just uh like in elder scrolls online it was just more about how much map you had and not necessarily about anything else i guess i don't i don't really know how to explain it but yeah it just no, felt like, like getting the, the two of pieces of bread yeah and nothing else <laughs> yeah <laughs> or getting a box of lucky charms without any of the marshmallows so yeah, like I, I, it'll, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, um, I, no, I was just curious if your experience with those games, how that impacted your excitement for Starfield. If you're now more excited because now this is Bethesda, like coming back to their single player roots, or if it's like, well, these last two games I played weren't really what I was used to from them. So I'm, you know, does it make you more wary about Starfield, or does it make you more excited? Um. It, I don't think it affected it. I think just Starfield has me so interested that, and and obviously all the positive experience I've had with all the other Bethesda games that 
And I, I will say the the whole shack and the, the wizard outside thing, that didn't, I knew that was on me. I didn't blame the game for that at all. That was, it was totally something I did. So I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't holding the game accountable. I was just like over it, you know? Yeah, just sure. just went outside yeah. and smashed the disc in the console, but it it wasn't the game's fault. <laughs> <Yeah. world. laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so would it um it sounds like maybe Fallout Three is your favorite Bethesda game? Is that right? Uh, I I I could put Fallout Three, New Vegas, and Fallout Four all in the same. Uh, you know, all the favorite basically. Mm, like nice. uh, I don't think. Uh, I don't think really one of them really sticks out. They all have, uh, they're all great. They're all, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Sure, yeah. Totally. I, uh, yeah, I'm uh, getting the power armor and, uh, well, Fallout 4 for, for the, the craft ability, right? Mm -hmm. Like being able to build your whole town or whatever and then storing all your, your power armor and like Iron Man suits was really cool. <laughs> so did you did you like do a lot of the settlement system in Fallout Four? Not, not too much. Okay. Uh, I built like I built a house and then like the blank slate next to it. I think is just where I stashed all the power. I just right had all the power armor stands and power armor, so I didn't even have to go inside anywhere. I just walked up to it, mm -hmm. and jumped in took off you know um but uh i i enjoyed it i just uh probably some other game came out so i kind of left it gotcha. as it is you know <laughs> yeah sure. totally. totally i'd already beat it probably on my second or third playthrough and then just left it because mm -hmm. i'll i usually do like you know one based on guns one based on melee or something Right. Yeah, I, I, I only ask because I know that there's some people who are absolutely in love with the craft, the building system and the settlement system in, in Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. And so once they're looking at Starfield, they're going, oh, my God, this is amazing. But not for the same reasons that I look at it and go, it's amazing, where I'm looking at the single player and I'm looking at the quests and the factions because I love the factions in these Bethesda games. It's my favorite part. Yeah. But um, they're looking at the outpost building and going, yes! <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that's I, so fascinating that, you know, there really is something for anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say the, the ship crafting mm -hmm. has me more sold than, like, the base building. But uh, definitely uh, along the Fallout lines, all the all the different interactions with all the different factions or now religions or uh yeah it's got me it's got me pretty hooked so do you have a name for your ship picked out name for the ship uh no not yet mm, gotcha do you have a name uh, for your first character i i was thinking something like tom foolery <laughs> tom foolery oh that's great and then I, I guess to build off that, do you have like an idea for the build you want to go with for your first character? Uh, I I was probably gonna do something uh, charismatic, gun toting, some smuggler or something. You know, probably like a Han Solo esque. 
That sounds perfect many... for Tom yeah. Foolery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many Han Solos are going to be out there exploring oh, the stars. Probably, it's... I know that's not an original idea. But, yeah. Uh, it'll be fun. I was yeah. I was really looking forward to I really like for ship names. Outer Worlds. Let me just tell you, that Outer Worlds humor was just right up my alley in so many aspects. And while there's things I didn't like about the game, um, I love, for example, the concept of the Unreliable being the name of the ship. So I was thinking, oh. as like an allusion to that, I would name my first ship name the Uneventful, just because I go. love I love the idea of the does just the very plain sarcasm of the name versus what you're actually doing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Uneventful is exploring a thousand planets, getting a dog <laughs> exactly. every five minutes. <laughs> right, right. So I'm going to be piloting the Uneventful uh, with my character. What I, Alan, um, Alan Gris, Grissom, was it? I, I took the first name of, of Alan Shepard and the last name of Gus Grissom. So Alan oh, Grissom cool. and, the, and the Uneventful flying and discovering the stars. You know, I could... Um could go back to space balls for for ship names or like uh you know could go that way with the characters too there you go now you're thinking <laughs> now yeah. we're brainstorming <laughs> oh man since you've shared your ships i'll share mine too i'm probably gonna name mine um probably the alex a after the starfield fan who passed away because i'm not very creative mm. with those things but you know you can name your ship you can name your character i always name my Bethesda characters, Mitch. Like I don't get full creative <laughs> that stuff. So um, that that story really resonated with me. So I'll probably just name my ship the, the Alex Hay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I definitely pull from like other things to give characters names or something. You know. So like, uh, uh, like there's a band Norma Jean. So I'll use that for a name of a character. And I think that was like Elder Scrolls Online or something. You know. Mm -hmm. And then like. Yeah, just I definitely pull from other things I you know, I'm interested in for naming or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I think I always go the if if either of you watch Go for Vids, um and his less plays, I think I go kind of his route where he's like Leonard Will <laughs> like the most <laughs> plain um what Leonard Will Jack was his Fallout New Vegas character, Richard was another one. Like just the most <laughs> simple names but then they have this epic story that they're going on so you're like oh yeah man richard right, is right. like having the time of his life and, and you know slaying dragons and stealing their souls it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> man did you see jack just liberated the entirety of of new vegas <laughs> like, I, I have a good buddy who made a skyrim character and it was a khajiit that ran uh heavy armor two-handed weapons total badass of a character and it was a khajiit he named it mittens yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. <lo> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> I love it that's yeah. actually yeah it's 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 the best i love that kind of stuff i'm a sucker for it i love it. that's my humor right there <laughs> yeah so seeing as our last episode was only two days ago we actually don't have too much on the agenda just really wanted to um, get jason on the story i was super excited to hear your story and um i think we can actually move on to uh, our, our final major segment of the show, which is our recommendations. And I'm realizing now, Jason... one topic, actually. Please. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So 
EUCLA? Is that it? UECLA? I have no idea. There is some things going around that are saying that it's it's referencing the possibility of Creation Club making a return to Starfield. Now, I am not surprised, and in fact, I suspected that Creation Club would always come back to Starfield um, or come back to Bethesda games, and I'm actually in support of it, believe it or not. I think that it can be a good thing, both for the developers you know bethesda and for modders because of course that's what it is it is paid mods um and i think there can be a very positive symbiotic relationship there um the big issue that i've always seen with it is the the, the pricing structure is out of control when you're spending five dollars for a single pip boy skin um and i actually have an old video where i did the math and just weighed out how ridiculous the prices can be for that type of stuff um but i've always thought it could be potentially awesome especially if you had meteor size things not here's a dwarven mud crab instead here is what they were trying to do with the fallout 3 where you go back to galaxy news radio um so i don't know if you have any either of you have any thoughts towards creation club or its return possible return so that that thing you're referring to alluded to a type of currency right wasn't it creation credits Yes, you had to buy credits. You had to buy credits in order to um, then buy the packs, and it was one of those things where you always have a little bit leftover credits, or you can't buy enough, so you need to buy the higher pack, and it, it was one of those situations. Okay, that sounds like it could be a solution to the pricing problem. You know, I, if they make you know just those single item skins, like forty creation credits, but then. Uh, maybe a new quest is like two thousand. I think I think there's that allows more room for them to be a bit more fair with that pricing structure and and amend it to be, you know, better for the consumer. Yeah, um, I I didn't know if you had any any just general feelings towards it, um, or if you would if you're like, how are they bringing it back? How do they do this? Or you're like, eh, it is what it is. Uh, the so that like in Fallout Four, there's the the extra skins you could get is that kind of is that the what you're talking about basically yeah so, it was it was the general marketplace directly on bethesda's site where or when you launched the game it was all mostly cosmetic mostly yeah well there were some yeah. mostly cosmetic there were some new weapons that it would add um there was actually survival mode was lumped into creation club for skyrim um hmm. there was a lot of armor sets so you could say it is cosmetic but the armor actually has its own stats but i think they often paralleled like if you got armor through the creation club it'd be the same as say the steel armor in skyrim right just visually different yeah uh, I, I mean if i i know i dabbled in fallout 4 with it a little you mm -hmm. know i picked up a couple of the packs here and there so i definitely see as as far as pricing, I mean, I don't I don't know what goes into creating something like that, so it'd be hard for me to really say. But I do I do I do think it's right, like five dollars for a, a Pit Boy skin. That I mean, how often are you looking at that thing? You know. Mm -hmm. So. I'm just uh, making I, up prices, by the way. I don't know if that's actually what. Oh, the, the, okay. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know if that's actually yeah. what the skin costs. I just know that often when I personal, when I personally looked at it, I'm speaking purely for myself. I would look at it and go, "Man, that'd be cool to have." Like you know, I'd see a cool armor set or I'd see a cool thing, 
Go, man, that'd be awesome to have, but I'm I'm just I'm not shelling out that much money for it, um, personally. Like if 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 they did it like Grand Theft Auto did it, where they just they just use that money to put back into the game mm-hmm. to then all all the DLCs are now free and stuff. I then mm. I'm all for it. Okay. But like if if it's like how Destiny does it, where that that doesn't seem to affect the price of anything else, then uh, uh, prices could be a lot better. I think if you know that money's not going back into the game, then right, yeah, it's actually going to the bond makers, part of it at least. Oh well, that well, that's good too. Then yeah, that makes sense. Was it was it ever made public what that cut is that the modders get? Oh boy, uh, this is when we need Lexi, isn't it? <laughs> she yeah. she would just yeah. she'd be like, "Oh yeah, it was exactly this." Um, <laughs> the, I do believe that it was made public. However, I can't tell you, and I think that the revenue split was pretty fair. If My I brain remember is telling correctly, twenty percent, but I don't to the modder. Yeah. Okay, then maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's just that's just my brain concocting right. something. I don't know if that's based in oh. any sort of reality. I wonder if they could pick to have a certain percent of that in-game credits or something, you know? <laughs> 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 just, uh... <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. Jason, I love that perspective you brought up, comparing it to like GTA, where the money goes yeah. back into the game. Because yeah. like, we know Starfield's going to have expansions. Every Bethesda game does. How cool would it be if Creation Club really took off and they made some DLC free to the players? I love that idea. That'd be really cool. I think, uh, like, uh, yeah, I, I played GTA Online and I, I even bought into it a little bit, you know? But uh, the fact that they were able to then take that and use it for all the DLCs or all the, you know, all the extra content, I thought was great. Because they knew people were going to keep putting money into it. So, yeah. And that's I, why we don't have GTA 6, because it's such a money-making machine still. It is true. <laughs> oh, for sure. And even even uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online, I don't think even, like, scratched what GTA 5 was still doing, or probably is even still doing. Mm-mm. I I will say the... Uh, GTA Online did feel better than Red Dead Redemption Online, and Red Dead Redemption just felt more like a, you know, the story-driven aspect. The, the offline part was way better than the online mm, right. could be. Really. I agree. So. I, I attribute that to GTA being in the modern-day setting and really beyond modern-day, because you can have people in, like, flying motorcycles and fighter jets and stuff and the setting doesn't allow that in red dead you're just stuck with traditional guns and horses so i think the the online can't get as crazy what do you mean i can't strap a rocket to my horse (laughs) on electric cars you know yeah yeah that's true (laughs) did you know electric cars are actually older than gas-powered cars yeah because but um and they'd use them because they wouldn't scare the horses so they actually favored oh. them over gas-powered cars or steam cars because they didn't make the noise to scare the horses. But then the technology, the battery technology wasn't there. Holy crap. Wow. Oh, what a yeah, history cool. lesson this has been. 
Yeah, that's great. I didn't know that. <laughs> History field. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> History field. It is some, that is some lore. That is some lore for you. I wonder if that'll come up in Starfield at all. The use of electric <laughs> electric rocket ships versus it doesn't scare the space whales. Yeah. <laughs> space. Don't call me that. You're right. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I take it back. I was talking about red. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think I think we can move on now to our, our last major segment of the show. And Jason, I really apologize for not giving you a heads up on this beforehand, but um, oh, it's our recommendations. Good. Uh, so basically, for every show we're doing leading up to Starfield's release, we close the show by recommending something that might scratch the Starfield itch. And that can be like a movie, a book, a game, a musical album, like anything you're feeling that kind of gets you in the mood for Starfield that, that you think might do that to other people um, would love to hear it. So because I didn't give you a forewarning about this, we'll have you go last just so you have some sure. time to think. Um, yeah. DeMarco, do you have something for us? Yeah, you know, I really just love turning on a good old DeMarco dude video, sitting down, <laughs> watch, <laughs> watching the whole thing to the end. No, um, <laughs> um, I my recommendation for this week is actually to sit down and watch the movie Interstellar. And I know that's like a cliche. I feel like it's a cliche sci-fi movie in a way or is at least an overrated one or an overhyped one um but i i genuinely think it would be probably something like 2001 a space odyssey but i haven't watched that so i will but i haven't yet (laughs) so um i would i would absolutely just sit down get that sci-fi fix and i think i think a film like interstellar because it's a lot more modern it's very digestible it has the good visuals aspect to it as well um that's something that could definitely get you into that mindset or or alternatively, listen to the Oppenheimer soundtrack. Ooh. Okay. If if you don't want a cliche sci-fi movie, I have been listen. I will tell you, I have been. I am at work. Oppenheimer soundtrack. Driving in the car. Oppenheimer soundtrack. Right now. Oppenheimer soundtrack. <laughs> I <laughs> editing video. I, it, it, I am obsessed. I don't know what it is about it. Um, but the the composer, I think his name is Gustav. Um, he, he just absolutely knocked it out of the park and i'm obsessed and i would love for other people to come back and be like actually that was good or actually i hate it that's fine it's personal opinion but you're you know if you don't like it you're wrong and i hate you that's great <laughs> love it so um interstellar and oppenheimer soundtrack there you go very good love it uh, so mine on on this episode is going to be a very very classic uh, old sci-fi movie and that is plan nine from outer space have either of you heard of that movie nope (laughs) no good Uh, it's very like classic 1950s sci-fi its biggest claim to fame basically is that it's regarded as one of the worst movies of all time (laughs) interesting go on please before i cut you off (laughs) it's it's um what one of the crazier parts about it is that the actor for the villain in the movie died during production. So they got someone else to stand in for him. And he's like a vampire type guy. So for all of his scenes after the actor died, he's covering his face with a cape like this. (laughs) You can't make out that it's someone else. Um, It's it's just stuff like that. There's also a character who's like a sheriff, detective kind of guy, law enforcement. 
and he's having a conversation during one of the scenes and he pushes up the brim of his hat with his gun <laughs> like it's just it's just stuff they didn't think through um when they're flying saucers you can see the strings hanging down from above above the shot <laughs> and this like, is your recommendation oh, it is just it's, kind of, it's sci-fi but it's more of a comedy and unintentional comedic experience is gotcha. how i would describe plan nine from outer space i love it um it, it's one of those like it's it's so bad that you should probably see it <laughs> at least once in your life mm -hmm. totally <laughs> so, feel it yeah all right i'm gonna give Jason. you i'm gonna give you a little bit of extra time to think if you didn't already think but have you <laughs> oh have you been playing baldur's gate 3 and you can't get enough of it and you need more dnd &D? Well, let me just tell you about Spelljammer Adventures in Space, the D&D &D adventure that puts you on an airship where you go. Now, I haven't played it. I have all three books. Um, I haven't done any adventures in space yet. But if you've been playing Baldur's Gate, which is a phenomenal game, you should play it. Um, 10 out of 10. Best RPG of all time. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't finished it yet. Now you can play D&D &D in space. So there. You need something to hold you over till Starfield. You just need a friend. And someone who understands the rules of Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, and you're good to go. Oh, cool. <laughs> I gotta say, when you brought up Baldur's Gate Three, I thought that was going in a completely different direction. I thought it was going to be <laughs> tune in on Thursdays at no. 5:30 p.m. Yeah. Do you? Th how shameless do you think? I already did that joke. I can't do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, Jason, do you have something for us? A recommendation uh, for Star Well, for movies. Uh... We take it back to Spaceballs. That's that's a classic, you know. That'll get you spacey moon. Maybe give you some name ideas for either ships or characters. And then, uh, so I did see that there's mechs in Starfield, but apparently you can't use them. Uh, so maybe go back to Fallout 4, get, you know, build a base. And then uh, jump into Armored Core 6. That's going to be a big one. Okay. Uh, but I'm I'm always a huge fan of mechs, so like Gundam, like you know, Gundams Gundam, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Like I said, the the one ship in the video kind of looked like a giant Megazord, so obviously you know Power Rangers, Ultron, all that stuff, Pacific Rim. Mm. So I'm all in on mechs, but uh, so it was a little disappointing to hear. Hopefully in a DLC, maybe I don't know, but. It's possible, yeah. Bethesda always kind of likes to put the the teases. The teases are there, yeah. Um, so the mechs are there. We can't use them. It's like was it was what if I could? Was it Fallout Four where you were in some kind of giant mech thing? You had the vertebrates oh. and the power armor of Liberty Prime. I don't think you go in Liberty Prime, but you know, but you you power it up and walk alongside it or something. Yeah, you yeah, get to use the yeah. Oh, okay. Fallout right. Three. I don't think is Liberty oh. Prime. No, Liberty Prime's not in Fallout 4. It's not? I, I don't think. I know it's in Fallout 3. Okay, maybe it was just Fallout No, it's 3. it's in it's in Fallout 4. Is it? What? Yeah, Liberty Reprimed. One of the main scenario missions. It's, yeah, Liberty Prime is in Fallout 4. Oh, gosh. That's I was embarrassing. Right. No. <laughs> no, you were, absolutely. No, and then there's mods that let you play as Liberty Prime. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that. That might have been uh, after, because if I saw that, I would have been all over it. But I think I think that would have been after I put it down, probably. Oh, that's great. I love that. Love that. Yeah. 
Um, so Jason, before we close out here, um, we always afford our guests the opportunity to share uh, any like social media handles. If you're like, if you stream at all, uh, where can we find you? Um, yeah, no, where can we I find you? I just, I just kind of, I mean, I'm Bismarck here on Discord or Xbox, but other than other than that, I'm not really streaming or nothing. And maybe start with Starfield, right? Sure. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the space buffoon that ventures of tomfoolery. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the ship name. Oh, the, the space buffoon, buffoon. <laughs> yeah, piloted go. by Captain Tom Foolery. You have yeah. it. All of the elements are there. there. Go. I'll do it then. I'll do it then. <laughs> cool. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, just wanted to afford that opportunity since uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, for every guest. I wish there was some there. <laughs> <laughs> Demarco, where can we find you? Demarco, dude, on YouTube and on Twitter. Cool. That's it. Nice and sweet, nice and short. <laughs> I was hoping, I was hoping that'd be, that'd be, that'd be nice. Yeah, you're very, you're very good at that. Very succinct with your recommendations. This is not me stalling while I pull up our outro script. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on X at WarfieldNet, where we share news, analysis, and finds about the game. You can also join us at the War subreddit, r slash Warfield, and that's that's the place where you can share finds and have discussions with other community members and it's so amazing to see all the uh, activity that's going on there we're on youtube as lorefield you can subscribe for all of our podcasts like the lorefield podcast and some video content i know lexi's going to do a review as soon as the game drops um and of course you can find more lorefield podcasts over there we also have a discord uh you can join us and some wonderful members of the starfleet community for lore discussion and more thank you so much for listening everybody we will see you next time bye-bye Thank you.